It's cloudy, hazy, and 20 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is meeting with Governor General Mary Simon to request to dissolve Parliament and trigger an election. Global News' Ottawa Bureau Chief Mercedes Stevenson described the scene after Trudeau and his family arrived at Rideau Hall. The Prime Minister on his way through those front doors of Rideau Hall to ask Mary Simon, the new Governor General just appointed by Mr. Trudeau, to dissolve Parliament and head into the election campaign. And Global's chief political correspondent, David Aiken, is there reporting live. It's a fabulous day. Sunny ways, right? Wasn't that what the Prime, uh, Justin Trudeau first campaigned on? He's got that today. And, um, and then the Prime Minister, the Liberal leader, once he's done here, he'll speak to us. And then he's off to Montreal. That's where he's going to overnight tonight. He will be leaving town and sort of going on a tour, if you will. The Trudeau Liberals are hoping to turn their minority government into a majority. As it stands, the Liberals have 155 seats, the Conservatives 119, the Bloc Quebecois 32, the NDP 24, and the Greens 2. There are also four independents and one vacancy. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. In the northwest on Crow Child Trail at 23rd Ave near McMahon, there's ongoing construction. And in the southwest on 14th Street at Canyon Meadows Drive, watch for roadblocks and police directing traffic until the Shaw Charity Classic wraps up at 6 p.m. The Best Buy mobile friends and family sale starts Friday with lots of fantastic deals to be found. Visit bestbuy.ca slash mobile and find your next great phone. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. A shift in temperature beginning tonight in B.C. could see an increase in lightning strikes and shifting winds, potentially sparking more wildfires. The B.C. Wildfire Service says thunderstorms are most likely in the northern part of the province, while gusty shifting winds are also forecast, both of which can start or contribute to the size and intensity of fires. More than 6,700 square kilometers have already been scorched by more than 270 active wildfires in B.C. Canada is shutting down its embassy in Kabul and suspending diplomatic operations in Afghanistan as the Taliban enter the capital. The government says the current situation in the country poses serious challenges to its ability to ensure safety and security at the embassy. A joint statement from the Federal Ministers of Foreign Affairs, Immigration and Defence says safety and security of Canadian personnel is a top priority adding that staff are safely on their way back to Canada. The ministers says the suspension is temporary and its embassy will resume operations in Kabul when it is safe to do so. The Taliban have seized nearly all of Afghanistan in just over a week and breached the capital, seeking the surrender of the government as residents and foreigners rush to leave the country. Canada has committed to taking in 20,000 refugees from the country and Afghans who have assisted Canada over the years. 
Taking a look at sports, a victory at the Shaw Charity Classic is a serious possibility for Calgary's Stephen Ames. The 57-year-old is one stroke behind leader Doug Barron at the PGA Tour Champions event. The Toronto Blue Jays were racking up the wins until they faced Seattle. Now Toronto has lost two games in a row. They're coming off a 9-3 loss to the Mariners last night. Global News, SkyTracker weather, a heat warning and special air quality statement is in place for the city as we climb toward 33 today. Partly cloudy this evening with widespread smoke. The temperature dips down to 18 and it does start to cool off next week. Afternoon thunderstorms on Monday, 25. Showers Tuesday, a high of only 12 and Wednesday, a few clouds and 20. It's 20 degrees at 905 Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update is at 9.30. I'm Courtney Davidson. Now, if you're tuning in and uh, you're going, where's my gardening show? It will be with you shortly. Probably around 9.30-ish. Right after the news at 9.30. Fingers crossed. Uh, We're waiting for official word that, yes, Canadians are going to the polls on September 20th. This is an election special, a writ drop uh, coverage. It's uh, called this shit Decision Canada. And let's rejoin Mercedes Stevenson of Global News. David, the Liberals have had a lot of ups and downs since 2019. There was the We Charity scandal and sexual misconduct in the military, to name just a couple. Do you expect any of these missteps will have an impact on the race, or is it just a wild card once the campaign kicks off? You know, this is where often I got, I know I'm in the Ottawa bubble, and I'm real bubbled today uh, here with all the other parliamentary press gallery reporters, and we've been gossiping away. And I can tell you, I'm sure, Mercedes, you may have shared this feeling, that in the last election, for sure we thought that whole, uh, the, the SNC-Lavalin scandal, the resignations of Jody, Wil- Jody Wilson-Raybould and, and Jane Philpott, and then the blackface scandal in the middle of the campaign. We thought, oh my gosh, that's certainly got to hurt uh, the Trudeau brand, and yet I think, I don't know, maybe Daryl Bricker pulled on it, but I don't think it factored into a lot of Canadians' choices, or, or if they did, it was a couple of weeks that they sort of frowned and, and whatever. So that was the 2019 election. Now, you're right, since then, we have had some other sort of issues around ethics, and, you know, the, the reporting that, that you've led on the, the military sexual misconduct you know, has, I think, front and center, and I think we're going to hear some questions about that. Um, we'll see if voters want to punish the government for the actions of a bunch of male generals and admirals, we'll see. Um, on the We Charity scandal, I think if Canadians ha- have felt badly or, or changed their views on the government, the polls on that have already been baked in. That That's already done, and yet we see where Trudeau's at. So, you know, ethics is definitely something the Conservative Party has been very keen to try to hammer uh, the Trudeau government on. And, you know, I, I think, yeah, historically speaking, we can look at when, when liberal governments have fallen, you know, I'd say the, the Chrétien government um, or what remained of the Chrétien government, the Martin government essentially, you know, it was ethics. Back then it was sponsorship. Eventually Canadians just went, okay, entitlement and arrogance of these liberals, I'm fed up with them. Are we at that point yet? The Conservatives are definitely going to try to say, yes, we are. They, they're, they're, they're not qualified to be government, these arrogant, uh, entitled liberals. 
But I'm not so sure voters are yet ready to punish the liberals just on their ethics violations. I think it may be more, you know, on things like I want pharmacare and this NDP party, for example, is promising pharmacare. It'll be something along those lines. Uh, I think that's more the mood of voters at this point rather than punishing liberals for ethics violations. Though there's, there's definitely uh, we're going to hear about ethics during this uh, 36 day campaign. David, let's talk geography. Where does the party need to focus its efforts in the weeks ahead? Where are they at risk to potentially learn seat, lose seats? That majority has, uh, is they lost their majority, if you ask me, in Quebec, when the Bloc Québécois won 32 seats. Um, they all, Almost all of those came at the expense of Liberals. And there's a lot of Liberals. Some are coming back for a second run, some that lost uh, to the Bloc, particularly south of Montreal and north of Montreal. Um, so I think that the, the there's, there's a, probably a good reason why Trudeau is starting in Montreal uh, today. He'll want to speak to Quebecers uh, today and frequently because he needs to steal some seats from the Bloc, steal them back. That is the first path to his majority. The next jump to his majority, I think, is in B.C. I think that's where the other low-hanging fruit for the Liberals is. Again, there it's likely to be taking seats from Conservative in the lower mainland, a Delta. Um, there is, I'm just trying to think right now, there's a Surrey seat, a Richmond seat uh, held by Alice Wong, a Conservative. The Liberals will be looking at that. So I think Quebec, B.C., but I think there could be an unanticipated bonus for the Liberals, and this could actually fit the scales, believe it or not, in Alberta and Saskatchewan even possibly. And I'll talk about Alberta first. Um, in 2019, the last federal election, Andrew Scheer was campaigning and he was so popular among Albertans, he got 80% of the popular vote. Andrew Scheer's conservatives won 80% of the popular vote in Alberta in the last election. Well, do you know where Aaron O'Toole's been polling for the last like six months, not just recently, six months, he's polling at 40%. So that's a drop from Scheer's popular support of 80, O'Toole at 40 in Alberta. And where would that support be ebbing away? In Calgary and in Edmonton. I think you'll see Calgary Centre in play, held by, held by Conservative. I think a Liberal has a chance there. Calgary Skyview, that's the, the riding by the airport. I think Liberals have a chance to win that. Then we move up to Edmonton, and we start, it, right now, one seat in Edmonton is held by the New Democrats, Edmonton Strathcona. I think the Conservatives could lose Edmonton Griefbach, which is just north of that, held by Conservative Kerry Diot. That could go NDP. And now we start to talk about Liberals possibly picking up some other seats in Edmonton, sort of moving uh, towards the southeast. Uh, Edmonton Mill Woods used to be Amarjeet Sohi's riding, a liberal, um, held now by Tim Upple, a conservative. Watch that going back to liberal. So those could, you know, if they if the liberals pick up three or four seats in Alberta, that's a big bonus when they just need to, you know, get 15 or so to get back to majority territory. But the, the, I think the first strategy is got to steal some block seats, got to steal some conservative seats in B.C. and then in Alberta. Now, if I can just go on for a minute, you haven't heard me talk about Ontario. And again, I'm looking at regional polls now versus regional versus the Ontario popular vote in 2019. And again, the polls have been consistent for months. There's not been much change. Aaron O'Toole's doing about as bad or worse as Andrew Scheer was. And, uh, and Justin Trudeau's doing about as bad or good as he was in 2019 in Ontario only. There may be a handful of seats that change hands in Ontario. If there is somebody in Ontario, <coughs> pardon me, is doing a bit better, 
Jagmeet Singh in the NDP. And so you could look at a handful of seats in downtown Toronto. Uh, Parkdale High Park, for example. Davenport, I think, is ripe for the picking. The NDP could take it back from Liberal Julie Zerowitz. Um, possibly Toronto, uh, the, the, the beaches. Uh, that, that's, uh, that's Nader Erskine Smith. Uh, he's a very progressive Liberal, and I think he's popular probably with the Democrats. Um, and so there's a few seats in downtown Toronto that the Democrats could have. I think we go down to Windsor. There's three seats in Windsor. All of them are rematches in terms of New Democrats versus the, the uh, incumbent uh, versus the person they took the seat from. Uh, Windsor-Essex, uh, we see um, uh, Tracy Ramsey, who was an NDP MP. She got beat by Chris Lewis. Tracy is back to try to beat the conservative uh, Chris Lewis. Brian Massey, who's held that seat, Windsor-West, for ages now, a New Democrat. He's going to face the former Ontario Liberal Cabinet Minister, Sandra Pupatello, again. Massey eked out a win against her two, uh, a couple of years ago. He's going to try and do it again. And then Windsor-Tecumseh, that's the riding north of uh, Windsor. It's another rematch held by Liberal Eric Kushmerschik right now. And, uh, and he's up against the New Democrat he beat in 2019, Cheryl Hardcastle. So uh, New, New Windsor's actually going to be a little bit of fun. It's three grudge matches, three rematches. And I think two of those, the NDP could win. So that's just some of the seats that I'm keeping an eye on that could change. Liberals, if they want this thing, it's got to be Quebec and B.C., a bonus if they get in the West. Aaron O'Toole, well, if he wants to be, he wants to win government, I, I think minority is the only realistic shot that he can possibly think of. And absolutely, they got to do it in Ontario, and that means a GTA. Um, but I just don't see the numbers in any polling for the last six months that shows there's any groundswell towards Aaron O'Toole. I think the GTA voters are still pretty happy with the guy they voted for 2019, and that was Justin Trudeau. David, we're going to keep a close eye on that, and uh, we are expecting the Prime Minister to emerge at some point from behind you. I'm looking at the clock here, 11.05. Yeah, he's uh, been there not, a while now, hasn't he? Yeah, this is not the fastest uh, like visit he, to a Governor General I've seen. He went in at 10.20 Eastern Time, and what are we now? we got to be coming up to 11 o'clock or so, I'll bet. We are at 11.05. Um, that's a good so long chat. he has chat. been in there 45 minutes. There David, you go. Is, is, that, uh, is that longer than you've seen in your experience covering these events? Yes, it is, as it turns out. I'm, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I didn't think that would be a stat I would need to have had to look up. I, it would have been Stephen Harper would have been the last one, uh, last uh, prime minister in a minority parliament to go to the GG. Don't, I, I don't recall it taking that long. The only time I can recall a GG essentially having a prime minister cool his heels was in the... Um, in 2007, uh, you'll remember, when uh, the opposition parties were going to take the government away from Stephen Harper, and Harper wanted to have an emergency prorogation that uh, was pretty clear because he was going to lose a confidence vote. And, uh, and at, at the time, uh, Mikhail Jean was the, uh, the GG, I think it was Mikhail Jean. Um, she made Harper, when Harper went to ask for a prorogation, which she had to do too with the GG, um, he, she made him wait, sweat maybe. We don't know. We never know what's said. That's the other thing, of course, uh, Professor Legacy can say that those conversations are forever secret. Um, we, we will never know what Mary Simon and Justin Trudeau are talking about for 45 minutes. Um, but they've been going on for 45 minutes, which seems a little odd to me. I'm certain she's going to say yes. I'm pretty certain that she's going to do it. We asked them about that, Mercedes. You'll remember when she got installed. Um, when she got installed uh, just a few weeks ago as the Governor General, um, that was a question we put to her. I said, did you guys talk about elections and the elections law? And uh, they seemed quite prepared for the answer. And the answer was no. That did, never came up when Justin Trudeau interviewed Mary Simon to be Governor General.
David Aiken, uh, chief political correspondent for Global News, just sharing his thoughts on the uh, wait. We're waiting for the prime minister to emerge from uh, Rideau Hall following his meeting with the governor general, Mary Simon. I, I think it's taking longer because his entire family went in with him. So I think they're having a bit of a hi, how are you? Uh, we're going to uh, take a break, and we'll come back with uh, more of this uh, coverage on uh, the election call, the writ drop. This is the Alberta Morning News. Almost 20 minutes after 9, and uh, he's finally uh, appeared. Let's uh, return to uh, Mercedes Stevenson, the Ottawa Bureau Chief with Global News and Decision Canada. Justin Trudeau, at the moment still Prime Minister. I suspect he's about to become the Liberal leader as he announces the result of his meeting with the Governor-General, Mary Simon. Good morning. I want to begin today by addressing the unfolding events in Afghanistan. We've been constantly monitoring the rapidly evolving situation. And I've been briefed by officials earlier this morning to get the latest developments on the ground. As always, the safety and security of Canadian personnel is our top priority. The current situation poses serious challenges to our ability to ensure that safety and security of our mission. So as of this morning, Canadian diplomatic personnel are on their way back to Canada. We thank them for their tireless efforts to help the people of Afghanistan in their pursuit of democracy, human rights, education, health and security. Our commitment to the people of Afghanistan, including women and girls and the LGBTQ2 communities, remains unwavering. And we will honour the sacrifices of Canadians, our armed forces, diplomats, journalists and civil society have made over the past years. Our government has also committed to resettling up to 20,000 Afghans through the ongoing Special Immigration Measures Program. Our ongoing work to bring Afghans to safety in Canada under SIMS remains a top priority and we will continue to work in close collaboration with partners and allies on this commitment. Ministers Garno, Sajjan and Mendicino will be continuing this work throughout the coming weeks. Canada firmly condemns the escalating violence and we are heartbroken at the situation the Afghan people find themselves in today. This is especially so given the sacrifices of Canadians who believed and continue to believe in the future of Afghanistan. We will continue to work with allies and the international community to ensure that those efforts were not in vain. We are committed to Afghanistan and to the Afghan people. Merci de vous joindre à nous ici à Rideau Hall aujourd'hui. Thank you for being with us at Few moments ago, I spoke with Her Excellency the Governor General to dissolve Parliament. Canadians will be going to their polls on September 20th. My friends, it's been a big couple of years. The last 17 months have been like nothing we've ever experienced. And we're all wondering what the next 17 months, not to mention the next 17 years, will hold. A global pandemic, a global recession, a global climate crisis that's causing wildfires and flooding around the world. 
you're probably wondering what this means for you, for your job, for your kids, for your retirement, for your community, and for your country. Well, that's fair. But just look at what Canadians did in this time of crisis, in this time of uncertainty. When this pandemic struck, Canadians dug deep. You put on your mask to keep your neighbours safe. You followed public health rules, stayed home and supported our frontline workers. And you rolled up your sleeves to lead the world on vaccinations. No one expected this crisis, but time and time again, community after community, you showed what metal we're made of as Canadians. So don't stop now. If you haven't already, go get vaccinated. And if you have, talk to the person you know who still needs to get their shot. They won't necessarily be easy conversations, but they're important to have. We owe it to each other. Because with our actions, we show what it means to be Canadian. And now more than ever, that matters. But COVID-19 wasn't something we expected as a government either. But just like you, we knew that staying true to who we are and what we believe in was the only path forward. So from day one, we focused on having your back because that's what we stood for, because that's what we've always stood for. That's why we came to Ottawa in the first place, to build a government that would stand up for the middle class and people working hard to join it. That was the real change we delivered over the first six years. In fact, the very first thing we did was to raise taxes on the wealthiest 1% so we could lower them for the middle class. It's the real change we delivered by lifting hundreds of thousands of kids out of poverty with the Canada Child Benefit. Real change by delivering clean drinking water to thousands of Indigenous people in over a hundred communities. By building and refurbishing almost 200 schools so far so that tens of thousands of Indigenous kids have a better chance. It's a real change we delivered by pushing hard so that everywhere in the country there is a price on pollution and then standing firm so that in no province is it free to pollute anymore. And those are the values that drove us to deliver the CERB and the wage subsidy to make sure that Canadians could get through this crisis too. On a choisi d'être là pour les familles et les travailleurs. We chose to be there for families and workers with CERB and the wage subsidy. We supported small businesses with loans and help with their rent. What we knew in 2015, and which is even clearer now, is that our future depends on you. And we've always stood for you. And now it's time to hear your voice. The decisions your government makes right now will define the future your kids and grandkids grow up in. So in this pivotal, consequential moment, who wouldn't want a say? Who wouldn't want their chance to help decide where our country goes from here? Canadians 
need to choose how we finish the fight against COVID-19 and build back better. From getting the job done on vaccines, to having people's backs all the way to and through the end of this crisis. For example, as a government, we chose to make sure that federal public servants and everyone boarding a train or a plane be vaccinated. Not everyone agrees. Not every political party agrees. Well, Canadians should be able to weigh in on that and on so much more. We believe that a government's most important responsibility is to keep Canadians safe and thriving, and that's what we'll continue to do. Been there for you, and now it's up to you to choose. It's up to you to express yourself. The decisions your government is making now will define the future in which your children and grandchildren will grow up. We are experiencing a historic moment, and you have something to say about it. You have the right to choose the future of our country, whether it's to pursue our vaccination efforts or to support people until the end of this crisis. All Canadians should choose how our fight against COVID-19 will end and how we will rebuild back better. Well, you've been listening to live coverage of Decision Canada. It's official. Uh, Parliament has been dissolved and Canadians are going to the polls. We will cast ballots for a new government. Could be a minority, could be a majority, could be a different mix altogether. We'll see in the uh, time to come, but we do vote on September 20th. I'm Kevin Osselman, and uh, you've been listening to another edition of the Alberta Morning News and uh, extensive coverage of Decision Canada. Hazy and 21 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Courtney Davidson. Governor General Mary Simon has agreed to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's request to dissolve Parliament triggering an election campaign. Canadians are set to go to the polls on September 20th. Opposition leaders have argued that plunging into an election during the health crisis is both unnecessary and reckless. But the Trudeau Liberals are hoping the risk is worth it as they try to turn their minority government into a majority less than two years after Canadians last went to the polls. A haze of wildfire smoke from B.C. is hanging over Calgary as it causes poor air quality and visibility. Yesterday, Edmonton, Red Deer and Calgary's air quality health index values were high risk. Cooler temperatures are expected to move into the province as of tomorrow. As the Taliban gather at the gates of Kabul, they are promising a new era of peace in Afghanistan. The militants have vowed amnesty for those who have been battling for two decades and a return to normal life. Afghanistan's embattled president has left the country, joining his fellow citizens and foreigners in a stampede fleeing from the Taliban. Global News, SkyTracker weather, heat, a heat warning and special air quality statement is in place as we look to reach 33 today. Partly cloudy tonight with widespread smokes dropping down to 18 and afternoon thunderstorms developing tomorrow and 25. It's 21 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 10. I'm Courtney Davidson. Good morning and welcome to Lexac Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and we're in a little bit late and we had a few 
texts I've been trying to answer a few before we got on air here. And uh, hopefully all is well. And we are August 15th and we're heading into one of those fun-filled elections as we all love that, I'm sure. <laughs> and anyways, if you'd like to give me a call regarding gardening, I'm here to answer all your questions at uh, 403-974-8255. And that is the call and, um, call and text line. So if you want to give me a show, we would love to hear from you or text as well. That would be awesome. Had a few text, like I said here, I'll read one that I got going here this morning. Hi, Merle. Woke up this morning to a million caterpillars on my kale. I'm picking them off and killing them, but is there any way to stop the caterpillars from coming back? Unfortunately, you can't really stop them. You're doing their thing. This clean up really well. You can use a product called BTK. It's a product for caterpillars. Typically, caterpillars... Um, go in cycles. So this could be a year that they come in through bad. And uh, I haven't seen it though. They haven't seemed to be too bad from what I've seen. It's a little bit late, but uh, but obviously you are getting them. So but typically they'll do cycles like on our aspens. You'll, you'll see they'll just shred a whole section sort of if you go for a drive like either west or, or areas where there's large areas of aspens. And I've seen that on Anderson Road, where there's those big stand of poplars there that uh, are just nasty, and then all of a sudden the, the the caterpillars go through there and just shred everything totally. Yes, it says I sound like I'm in a tin can, and I don't know. We're trying to get that fixed up. I've uh, switched a system here. Um, we had a bit of a technical difficulty this morning, so I'm hoping that it will be better, but uh, unfortunately, if I sound like that, um, hopefully we can get that fixed up. Anyways, and uh, can you tell me what caused this tree to die? And this is, and I see this a fair bit, it, it looks like a willow, and it looks like the bark and something just chewed on the bottom of it and possibly just got totally dried out um, from just... Uh, just chewed on the bottom where they removed the bark off the off the trunk of the tree, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah, I'm getting lots of... <laughs> um, good morning, Merle. Sounds like you're in the toilet. Well, I feel that way sometimes as we go into an election, but um, I'm not in the toilet, and I apologize. I'm trying to figure out what is going on because we're, we have everything going the same. It just uh, it's a little bit different. For some reason, and maybe at the break here, I will uh, give it a try, and I'll, I'll try reconnecting on the other computer and, and see if it will help me get back to, to where we were before. And uh, But for now, I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join us on the phone line, 974-8255, and uh, we'll take your calls and text right here on 770-CHQR. Okay. Good morning and welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coons and we're going to try this on the phone here. 
I'm just going to disconnect off that, and we'll try and see what we can do here. Is there any callers on the line right now, Gord? Gord? No. Hello, Gord. Sorry there. Hang on just a moment there. It's Gord Bailey here. Yeah, we've got two callers on on the line, Craig and Ryan. Okay. Okay, I'll take Ryan here. Good morning. Good morning, Ryan. Morning. I'm a test subject, am I? Um, <laughs> we'll give this a shot. Perfect. I just want to call. I have a lily that uh, it's fairly old, and whenever it grows and blooms, um, the bloom always falls apart. Um, it just collapses. So I'm just wondering what I can do. Um, typically, if it's in, if it's just collapsing, but it looks normal, like it comes out, it looks good for a, for a bit, or does it just collapse right away? They usually collapse right away. Huh. That and how's the foliage look? Um, the green foliage is great. Like it's nice and bushy. It's just the very like yeah. As soon as the bloom comes up, it just falls apart. It just collapses. Huh. That that's a little bit unusual. Um, the only thing I can really think of is if it's possibly in too hot of an area. Um, sometimes I've seen that happen, but um, other than that, I, I'm having a bit of a challenge thinking why why it would collapse. Because if the if all your if the greenery looks good and you're and you're getting a fair amount of blooms, the only thing I would maybe try is again feeding with a high middle number to ensure that okay. it has the good trace elements like a fifteen thirty fifteen. Oh, right now I'm not getting the blooms. I just get like one or like one or two blooms, and that's it. Okay. Um, yeah. So maybe try that. So maybe if you can go ahead and and use a fifteen thirty fifteen and see what you can come up with that, and see if that helps build some trace elements up in the soil, and that could be part of it. There's just not enough there to hold the bloom if you're not getting many blooms. Um, Try that and see if that makes any difference. Is just give it a bit more. Some with a high middle number, even if you have ten fifty two ten or something like that, would be great. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. Bye. All right. Okay. Good luck. All right, and I think I'll go to. I believe it was Craig. Hey, how's it going this morning? Hello. Hello. I can't hear you. All right, Merle, you're back. Go ahead. Go ahead, Merle. All right, let's go to, we'll try Craig. Good morning, Craig. Morning, Craig. Well, this is, um, all right. This is all right, Merle. This is a comedy of errors here this morning. So I know. Should we just uh, Craig I is Craig is gone, and uh, we'll have to get the lines here. So if you have some text to address, go ahead. Okay, I'm going to go to the text line, and <laughs> we definitely have a few texts that I 
um, that I can definitely do this. Someone's just asking um, if it's okay to move some grasses and split some grasses right now and lilies. It's not the most ideal time to do that kind of thing, but if you are wanting to and you need to do it, um, I, what I would do is this week coming up, we're going to have some rainy, cool days. Those are great days for moving stuff. Um, I'd water them really well first and then, and even just do a bit of a, a root, um, pruning, just dig around, uh, like about six, eight inches outside the edge of the root ball of the plant that uh, you want to move. And then that just sort of prepares it for the next day when you want to do it. And then the next day I typically would do it in the morning when it's nice and cool and prepare your hole, make sure you dig a good size hole. Um, where you're going to move it and move it into there. And then what you can do is when you do transplant it, pack it in well, and then use a Rage Plus as a transplant fertilizer or 15-30-15, something like that would definitely work as well. And uh, and then you can do that for your grasses, some lilies, hostas. But I just try to get as big a root ball as possible and just do it on those uh cool mornings like in this heat i would definitely not do it got another text here hi morale love your show i have blossom end rot on my bigger tomatoes i've given them calcium supplement trying to be more consistent with watering but i've lost about 20 tomatoes or i don't want to lose any more hundreds that are growing um does picking them green stop the rotting it, it, it i guess it does but you don't get that nice fine ripen thing because you can ripen them after if they come to size if they're not rotting when they're green, I would say you're probably going to be okay on the future ones then. But just ensure that you're you're feeding them pretty steadily, like every second watering probably, and just maybe cut it in half. But just ensure that you are definitely um, adding or watering with that calcium supplement. But cause typically the end rot will start before they ripen up. So if you have a whole bunch coming up, I would say that they're, not going to to be wrought if you already have that as well. All right, got one more here. Soaker hoses to water 80 foot, 50 foot trees. How long should I run the water? Um, if it's just those leaky hoses, I would do it at least once a week going into fall here for, and depends which ones you have. If this sweats out, I would leave it for seven, eight hours because you're not really, it's not running down. It's soaking right in there nice and deep um, and just let it run um, as, as long as you can, like six, eight hours a day, once a week. And because you're not wasting any water and you got an 80 foot roll and 50 foot spruce tree. So as you can imagine, they can take quite a bit. This rain is going to help them. It's going to clean up the needles and make a big difference as well. Anyways, I think I should probably try and take a break That's here. right, Merle. We should take and a break we'll right now. And uh, when we'll get back, and hopefully we can get some of this stuff figured out, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. And Let's, Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up. Cowrie's full-service year-round garden destination. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone line, and we're going to go to Al. Good morning, Al. How you doing, Merle? 
I'm doing good. Seems Great. like we got everything figured out now. Hopefully, I'm sounding a little bit better, <laughs> so we're we're all good. Um, I was in your shop uh, a few weeks ago, and I was looking for a uh, a fertilizer, uh, an all-purpose fertilizer, and uh, kind of a miracle grow background. But I was looking for something that I could use with a, a dial-up sprayer kind of thing, and one of your staff recommended Rage Plus, but I have a feeling that's not the type of fertilizer I probably should be using. You, you can use that as well. Um, you can mix that in there. You just have to figure out the ratio when you put it in because it is a water-soluble. Just make sure you shake it really well. Um, but the other one that you're probably thinking of is more like a. we have the Green It Up 2020-20. It's an all-purpose right. water-soluble. That you can use as well. Okay. But the Rage Plus is one we sell as a, I guess an organic all-purpose and it doesn't have the same trace elements it, it works on a different more on the organic mechanisms and it builds the soil it's sort of like a super compost in a bottle okay so i can probably keep using it for a bit then for the rest of absolutely the that you can keep using on your trees and shrubs like i wouldn't i wouldn't fertilize my trees and shrubs now um it's time to stop fertilizing those for the most part we want to slow them down at this time of year until they start going dormant then we can give them the root fertilizer again like once we get into september you can do a fertilizer but this time of year in august we want to stop fertilizing our trees and shrubs but you still want to fertilize your all your flowers like all your pots and things like that for sure okay okay that's great thank you so much does that help okay it does thanks oh perfect thank you so much Bye. all right and i'm gonna go to Craig. Good morning, Craig. Hey, how's it going this morning? I'm doing good. Yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. So my wife bought uh, 15 um, pine trees. I think they're okay. evergreens. Like, they're not the Christmas tree type of pine tree. Um, and I live outside of Drumheller, so I'm very clay-based. Yep. And they came with plastic bags around all the roots. Um, so what's the best way of putting them in and then making sure they make it through the winter? So one of the best things to do, are these ones that maybe someone dug out of the ground? Yeah, they look like and, they came from a tree farm. Okay. So what I would do is um, I would I would leave the mound out of the ground about um, maybe an inch or so, like, and then mound your soil up to them. And then okay. I would definitely, down in your area, I would use bark mulch around it. And then just ensure that when you're – do a good slow deep watering on them um sort of twice a week going in all the way up until freeze up okay. just give them a good 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 soaking and uh and just ensure it depends how big of a root ball they have like how big is it oh it was big it was uh maybe well each tree was about four feet to five feet tall and okay. uh the root balls are probably a foot to a foot and a half okay Okay. Yeah, so that's – just try to, like I said, just leave it sticking out of the ground about an inch or so, mound the existing soil up to it, do a nice tree well around it, and then I would, I would definitely put bark mulch around it. That way okay. it holds the moisture in. And and then just do that watering sort of at least once or twice a week, good slow deep watering. If you get one of those bags, works really good, or just a soaker hose that just – so it goes in there just slow and, slow and deep. Okay. 
And what about this clay? Like, I, my, my concern about too much watering is the first hole I dug, I went off of Google, and it said dig a hole, fill it full of water. Well, it, it took a good 20 minutes for the water to drain out of that hole. Mm-hmm. So, so that, I, that's that's good, though. That's sort of – that's pouring the water in there. So if you use a soaker hose – and you're just like I just use there. What I do is with the hose, I just barely so it just barely comes out of the hose, and then this soaks in there nice and slowly. Okay. And and clay is normal. Like we have clay all over Alberta, and trees are like typically we get our little root ball of nice soil. But then after that, we're into rocks and clay, and yeah. some places sand or whatever we have. So um, which is fine. So what you might even want to do, whatever you dig out of the out of the out of your hole. You yeah. might want to mix that with the with if you have any like a three in one mix or okay. some sort of new soil, and then just mix it up so and just combine the the original soil with the new soil and just create a nice planting mix in that area. But you don't want it okay. too too nice if it's real heavy clay because then the roots will just stay in that little circle. So you kind of want to sort of give them a half and halfer. <laughs> make make sense. Make sense. Alrighty. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Good luck okay, with that. Bye. That should work for you. All right. And actually, I'm just going to chat a little bit. I mentioned about trees in the city there last week and and just some of the stuff that we're seeing. And I was just going along and the trees that I'm seeing that some of the new communities are planting with good success, again, are like gladiator crabs, and spring snows, some of the ornamental crab trees are really quite hardy and they're doing really well. Um, I would stay away from the ashes. If you go over the new 162nd Ave there, that new diamond overpass, pretty much all the trees they planted there have died. Unfortunately, all the ash trees and everything that were put in there. And I'm seeing it quite a bit. So I just think we really need to evaluate and, and see some of the trees that we are growing in the city and and but i i still think we should really take a hard look and and slow down on the planting spend some money on the recovery of our canopy clean up a bunch of the dead spend some money on some maintenance and and then also on some of the mowing i think there's some areas where we could definitely do better and it is time for me to take a break we're gonna get back onto our regular time frame here and you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's hazy and 21 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. For the second time in less than three years, Canadians are going to the polls. Governor-General Mary Simon has dissolved Parliament at the Prime Minister's request, triggering an election campaign. Global CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs, Daryl Bricker, says, As of right now, most Canadians believe the Liberals are going to win the election. Whether it will be a majority or a minority, they're not sure. Uh, but this creates a bit of a problem for the Liberal Party because if we end up exactly what, with what we have already um, after this election is over, what's the point of even participating? So this election at the moment, it's not just about why we're having it, it's just there's a lack of enthusiasm about it. 
Meanwhile, during his live comments following the election call, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau commented on Canada closing its embassy in Afghanistan. Trudeau condemned the escalating violence in the country today as the Taliban sought the surrender of the government. Canada firmly condemns the escalating violence and we are heartbroken at the situation the Afghan people find themselves in today. This is especially so given the sacrifices of Canadians who believed and continue to believe in the future of Afghanistan. The Taliban captured most of Afghanistan over the last week and breached the capital of Kabul today, prompting a rush of foreigners and residents trying to leave. Alberta's police watchdog is investigating after an officer shot and killed a man while responding to an alleged hostage situation. RCMP say they were called about a suspect who allegedly had a hostage in a rural area 10 kilometers west of Sunchild and Ochi's First Nations at about 12.20 a.m. on Saturday. Police say they believed the man was armed and while on scene, learned that he was a suspect in a suspicious death in Edmonton. They say RCMP officers found the man and a confrontation occurred that led to an officer shooting at the suspect. The man, who police say was from the Edmonton area, suffered life-threatening injuries and was pronounced dead. The Alberta Serious Incident Response Team has been called in to investigate. The death toll from a powerful magnitude 7.2 earthquake in Haiti has climbed sharply with at least 724 dead and a minimum of 2,800 injured. The update did figures Sunday from Haiti's Office of Civil Protection follow a previous count of 304 dead. The earthquake struck the country's southwestern area, almost raising some towns. The disaster added to the plight of those living there who were already struggling with the coronavirus pandemic, deepening poverty and a presidential assassination. Taking a look at sports, round three is underway at the Shaw Charity Classic. Calgary's Stephen Ames is one stroke behind leader Doug Barron. Ames was among a patron group who brought the tournament to Calgary in 2013. In the forecast, a heat warning and special air quality statement is in place for the city of Calgary, looking to hit 33 today. Partly cloudy this evening with widespread smoke dropping down to 18 and afternoon thunderstorms tomorrow with a high of 25. It's 21 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update is at 1030. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and we're at the top of the hour. It's 10.05. And go to the phone line, and we're going to chat with Jen. But if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255, as we only have one hour left. So get on the phone lines and give me a show. But right now we're going to go to Jen and seeing what's going on over there at uh, Smoky Spruce It Up. What's going on? <laughs> it is a little smoky. Oh, my goodness. That was, uh, yeah, yesterday in particular. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, that was the first time I could really feel it. Like, in even, you could even taste and smell. It mm-hmm. was, it was, uh, pretty thick yesterday. And it's actually seems to be as thick, if not thicker today. 
Yeah, it's been... tough. It's tough, right? Yeah, that's yeah. part of the part of the deal. Yeah, and so, part of the summer deal. <laughs> yeah, we can just blame BC, but then they just blame, say it's all the Albertans there, so it's our fault. So it all. <laughs> but we have plants, so it's okay, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So you uh, you've been bringing in some uh, a bit of different stuff. You've been bringing in a few feature plants. I and have, yes, for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you, if you, so if you want to go see Jen's collection, <laughs> go down to Spruce so it I know. I know we talked about it before, too. I get, uh, well, we all do, Jessica and Lisa and I, we get very, well, you get attached, but I love looking at them. I like putting them in the spot. But, yes, I brought in, you know, as, as you and I kind of were looking around some of those greenhouses as well, we saw some really, really large tropical plants and we have the space so that's what we've been doing is bringing in some of those guys like that um really large uh fiddle leaf fig that yeah. we have in right now um it looks like a tree like it would be yeah and there's because there is some clients and customers out there that have room and and mm-hmm. they haven't been able to find a plant that's going to fit those spots um that's big enough and uh, so you're you're trying to fill that gap for them, which is, and you're bringing in some super super nice stuff. So Thanks. and Thank it's you. just nice to see the supply of plants becoming back to normal mm-hmm. a little bit, yep. which is nice to see. Like when you see a Thai constellation on an availability, yeah. And uh, so we have six of those in there right now, or actually probably about ten because we had some of ours that we uh, we we brought in bare root and, and all the grew way them on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So those, yeah. so you have some really cool stuff, but also you're bringing in some seasonal plants like this for heading into fall here. What do you got going? The seasonal plants. We've got some pansies still in right now. We've got those mums in, we've got the um, ornamental kale in um, the calibrecoa. I think that actually all went, I'm going to have to bring in some more. It was really pretty in the six inch pot. So I'll have to do that. Um, yeah, that's what we've got for the annuals right now. And, of course, I have those herbs as well. I've got some uh, Dracaena left. If people are, A lot of people are looking to fill spaces, so I do have some Dracaena, purple-leaf fountain grass for an annual grass as well. All the perennials are still here, but for seasonal, um, that would be it for right now. And the garden mums are looking great, lots of color there. Yep, absolutely. Those are in the, So all those are still in the annual greenhouse. Too. So we tried to make it so when you first walk in, you, you'll be able to see them so you know where they are. Um, but I know because some people get a little bit confused in terms of the indoor plants. Um, yeah. Which is fun. But they we'll also, them- just to know, like, when, if you are getting those pansies and the kale and the mums and the calcul, they're still they're great going into fall because when we yeah. get those cool nights, um, they can withstand even when we, if we get a bit of frost when we get going because they're nice and climatized. So they can take it um, that minus two, minus three, no problem, and and they're not going to freeze up on you. So those are great fall plants for our area for sure. Mm-hmm. And we do have I you just made me think about it. We do have the mixed planters as well, so you could just pop it on your doorstep, and that's an easy one, nice and colorful. They're blooming, so those are in two in the same section. They'll be with all those annuals. Awesome! Awesome! Yeah. Yeah. All right, and what else should people be doing right now? Is it time to, if you want to move some perennials, can they do that right now? Or Absolutely. There's still so much time for planting. Um, and like you had mentioned before, you don't get disheartened if you see that those perennials are, you know, they've been living in little pots, so if they don't look exactly like you think they should in the picture, that doesn't mean anything. So come on in, and, and we've got lots of perennials to help you get planting. Still lots of time, so... 
Absolutely. And uh, Carl Foresters, I know I've been asked quite a bit of that. Everyone's starting to see those around yes. the city. They're, they've got the golden tops on the top of those tall grasses. Yep. And I always get, get asked, or when you should cut them back. I, I'm a very big advocate. You leave those all winter because those give you that gorgeous win or gorgeous fall or uh, fall and winter color in mm-hmm. your garden because they just stand up and you get that uh, just those golden things blooming all winter long. And they just look great, and then just cut them back early, early spring, and and then they'll green up for you first thing in the when that when it warms up, and and do it all over again. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Jen, and uh, and if you want to go down and and check out Jen and and Jess and Lisa, they're down in the greenhouse today, down at Spruce Up, and uh, they got all kinds of fun stuff for you. So, all right. Thanks, Merle. Thanks. Thank Bye. you. Bye bye. And also, we do, we still getting some stuff in. So, we just got a good shipment of some trees and shrubs in as well. Um, so, I know we got lots of the hydrangeas, and you're going to see them blooming. Like, I'm looking outside my window right now, and I just, my whole batch of the limelight hydrangeas are blooming like crazy. They look phenomenal. Carl Foresters are going, um, they're looking good. And I'm fortunate enough to have some Schubert's. We have the older variety down here in Riverstone that don't get very little black knot. They're kind of the weeping ones. So, again, those uh, we're lucky to have some of those down here because I know some of the newer varieties, man, they get that black knot so bad. And unfortunately, in some of the areas they can evergreen and stuff like that, you see it on the roadways, it, it doesn't look great for that. Anyways, I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to take Jean on the line. Good morning, Jean. Hi, Merle. Uh, Hi there. First of all, before I lose, I I have not got a Calgary phone book or anything. And what is your phone number at your store? You're on Highway 2A, aren't you? Yeah, we're right on McLeod Trail. Yeah, so 403-201-7525. Wait, Yep, yeah, 7525. 7525. Because then I have, I need, have more questions. But okay, yeah, some time ago you, you mentioned pure spray green for, um, uh, but yeah. I could not find it. You said a gardening center. I don't, I covered all I could in Lethbridge and none of <laughs> heard of it. And I unfortunately, yeah, they, they, I ended up, I, I bought, I have quite a bit of stock. We had stocked up with it a couple of years ago because the one distributor was going to stop carrying it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping that somebody else will pick it up because it's such a good product and it's made right here in Alberta and it's from our oil and gas industry. It's made by Suncor or Petro Canada. So it's a, and it's a great pharmaceutical grade mineral oil. It's been used commercially like by wineries and uh, commercial cut flower, like who grow roses and stuff. Like they've yeah. been using it forever because it, it's a great fungicide and it's an insecticide. So, right, but but how does it come in liquid form? It's a, yeah, it's liquid form. In gallons. Um, I think the bottles are one point five liter or one liter bottles. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. you, commercially, you can buy it in bigger bottles, like. Um, and I'm not sure if UFA carries it, but I know um, commercially I can order it like in a five gallon pay or five gallon bottles. But okay, I have uh, about 
uh, about 20, uh, 30 Sask- Saskatoon bushes that knew they're only about on their fourth year, and they're just and and a raspberry finally got my raspberry patch going good, and then it got hit. With the, with the bugs and leaves and the caterpillars, and uh, not the caterpillars, the, the uh, um, uh, you know. Well, aphids or? No, uh, grasshoppers. Oh, the grasshoppers. And and I just I keep pulling off the dead leaves, and then I'm getting little handfuls of dried up fruit. Because whereabouts you you're down in Lethbridge? You said. I'm south of, south of Milk River. Okay, yeah, because I hear the grasshoppers are exceptionally bad this year down south. Is that true, or yes? Yeah, yeah. so it, it and those are a tough one to control. So hopefully, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully you can get something to to help you out with that. Uh, well, uh, anyway, now my other big problem is you're talking about these. I've got one row of, of spruce trees about 50 feet high, and and uh, the second from the end, the top started being eaten by that, what, a beetle or something you had? Yeah, that weevil. Yeah. Weevil? Weevil. Okay, now, it's, it, it's so high and all. I You'll have to up. call an arborist to climb up <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and they climb up the center of the tree, or if they have a bucket truck like we do, like we have a 60-foot truck that can reach up 60 feet in the air um, yeah. in a bucket. We'd get up there and we, you have to cut it out. Um, Several feet below where. Well, yeah, eat. wherever. Yeah. You keep going until you stop seeing the little holes, like where the, it looks like they're little, they're little maggots. They get in the soft growth on the top and they start eating the tree from the top down. Right. Uh, and then what do you do with a big chunk, chunk of dead stuff that would be infested, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you just yeah you dispose of that either in the compost or burn it or yeah get rid of it into the landfill. Um, yeah. Definitely got to clean it up, but that's the only way um, you can get injection. But you know, there might, there's I'm sure there's a couple arborists down in your area that are have the equipment to to help you out. If not, there's climbing guys that can climb up. Yeah. Okay, and right next to that tree, there's two that the the needle branches are are going dead at the bottom. Okay, is it just in the middle or on the ends? No, on the very bottom. Okay, typically that's if it's just on the bottom, or and if it's a little bit more in the middle of the tree, like on the on the branches. I mean, closer to the trunk. Right. It's it's fairly normal. They go through a shedding process. So okay. every couple of years, so that's that's fairly normal. Because so. I, I deep water, I deep water all the time. I deep water okay. it already. Perfect. Yeah, yeah um, just give them a good hosing down as best you can with a little bit of pressure nozzle. Knock out all the dust and bugs out of there, and yeah. uh, and that should definitely help you out for sure. Alrighty. Okay. So all right. <clears throat> uh, I, I just one more thing though. If, if okay. I can't get up there, I could got a nephew that might be coming down. I could have. Him, Go to your store to yep. try to get that pure spray, spray green. Uh, Absolutely. What is approximately the price of? Um, I think it's around twenty dollars a bottle. Some like eighteen ninety nine. I'm not uh, something like that. Uh, for I, a one one point five liter bottle. Yeah, yeah. For the one liter or one point five liter bottle, and it's you, a water you, soluble. You mix it with water, so right. it mixes quite a bit. Yeah. 
Okay, then. Thank, All right. Thanks so much for trying. Thanks, Jean. You bet. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. And uh, when we get back, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service year-round garden destination. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to go to Greg. Morning, Greg. Good morning, Merle. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Well, about three, four weeks ago, I spoke to you about a columnar aspen that had really pale leaves. And yeah. you re- you recommended chelated iron. Yes. And over the last three to four weeks, I've been trying to search for chelated iron, and I can't find it anywhere. Uh, any ideas where I could look? I've, I've looked at what, the Are you in Calgary? Area. I'm up in Airdrie, and I looked at the local nursery there, and they don't stock it. And uh, I've looked online, and the only you thing can I can... J- jump in that <laughs> ring road and come down to spruce it up. I know we have it. <laughs> down there, eh? Okay. Yeah, and I'm from Airdrie, actually, our accountant, he lives out there. So he comes back there, back and forth every day. He says about 25 minutes, so it's, oh, okay. it's not too bad. Hit the ring road and just go all the way to the very end until you hit McLeod Trail. Okay, uh, then I'll go for a drive then. Thanks, uh, Merle. Perfect. Thanks, Greg. Okay, bye for we'll now. See ya. Bye bye. All right, and I'm going to go all the way to Vernon, BC. We're going to fight through the smoke here. We're going to chat with Carolyn out there in Vernon. Good morning, Carolyn. Hi, Carolyn. Hi, Carolyn. Maybe just turn off your radio. Hi, Carolyn. She's got in the delay. Maybe I'll just put her on hold. Okay. Go to Dunk. Yeah, we'll go to Duncan now. Good morning, Duncan. Oh, hi. How are you? Doing great. How can I help you out? Um, I planted three pepper plants, hot pepper plants. Okay. And I contained it. It's about 15 inches in diameter. So it's kind of getting really busy in there in terms of space. Yeah. So I'm wondering if I just take them out and put them in a bigger pot. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's still fine. I, same thing. I, I'd water them really good the day before. You're okay. going to do it. And then just do it first thing in the morning and transplant them. They'd love that. And then they'll just uh, they'll keep performing well because the peppers, again, can handle some of the cool weather. So you can keep it rolling all the way through probably till the end of September anyways. For yeah, sure. I'm surprised. I have so many... Uh, peppers on them but that's- it's been a great year for them actually i was uh we were out just at a friend's house last night and uh she had all kinds of peppers growing in her yard so it's it's just nice to see um with this heat so there's some benefits to it obviously it's been very warm but some of those veggies like peppers and tomatoes and things like that will perform very well for us like that yeah i usually plant them in my garden but they never do anything out there so I decided to put them in some pots. They do better in pots because they get a warmer root system. Yeah. Um, so they will. Same with tomatoes. Like tomatoes, if you have them in a real hot spot, like up against the foundation on a on a south or a west side of the house, they'll do really well. Yeah. But uh, they do they do always do much better in a pot because you you can just get that good warm root system. It takes so long for our soil to heat up. Mm-hmm. So it, so it does make a big difference. Uh. So. 
I'm kind of concerned about taking the the plants out of the pot because I know that they're going to kind of separate. Okay. So I can just put them in the bigger pot with, and then so, just add the soil. Yeah, so what you do is I just put your hand, like, over top of the whole root ball, like, open your hand as wide as you can. Yeah. And then put your hand over top of the root ball, and then when you flip the pot upside down, your oh, hand right. will support it. Okay. And then and then just hold it and then put it back, like have a little bit of soil in the new pot, yeah. and then just then just place it in there. And if it breaks a little bit apart at that time, it's fine. Then okay. add the new soil and then water it in really well, and you should be good. Yeah, well, I can see that because it, they just kind of come out as a big clump. Yeah, yeah, which is perfect. Do I separate them or just leave them? No, just yeah, just rough up the roots a little bit. Like you can break it apart a little bit. Okay. Um, but with the peppers, once they get in that new soil, they'll just start taking off like crazy anyway. So you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> My son keeps uh, looking at what's going on in the pot. Oh, nice. Oh, he likes the hot peppers. Eh? He cuts them open and takes the seeds out. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you're going to then grow some more. Yeah, right. Perfect. You, you have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye. You too. Thanks, Duncan. Bye-bye. All right. And got a little bit of time here. I'm going to be um reading a few texts here and some of these ones are just a little bit long so i'm going to pull up one here again lots of questions regarding the green it up lawn fertilizer good morning merle is it when is it time to put the fall application depends on when you did it like any time when you get to mid august to mid september is is a great time to do your final application for your green it up lawn I'm on the cycle because I started a little bit later. I just did my summer one a couple weeks ago, so I'm going to be doing mine the first couple weeks in September, and that'll be the final application for the season um, for that. And also, our clematis keeps getting chewed off, so we put protection around it. Now it's about two and a half feet and looking healthy, but certainly likely won't get its normal growth. My question is, in the fall, how far back should I cut it? Um, anything with perennials and vines, I'm a fairly big advocate of procrastinating cutting anything back until early spring. Especially when we get our dry, dry winters that we've been getting, our dry falls right up until Christmas. Typically, it's been dry, then it freezes, and then it, we get all our snow after the ground's frozen. So I try to leave as much foliage on because that's his mother's way of protecting it. So leave all the foliage and branches and leaves on your perennials. You can tidy them up. If the blooms are looking kind of messy, you can tidy things up a bit. But I, I really like to leave everything because then all the energy from the leaves and that goes back down into the root system. And then they kind of fall over themselves and then that creates the protection that Mother Nature helps. And then water in really well once you get into the fall. And then you should be good to go. But right now I'm going to take a quick break for the news. And when we get back, um, you can give me a call, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Hazy and 22 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Courtney Davidson. Canadians are set to go to the polls on September 20th. 
Trudeau is pulling the trigger on an election campaign just as a fourth wave of the COVID-19 pandemic gathers steam across the country. Opposition leaders have argued that plunging into an election during the health crisis is both unnecessary and reckless. In downtown Ottawa, Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole spoke to media saying that we shouldn't be risking being able to see loved ones once again for political games or political gain. One young woman in Afghanistan's capital of Kabul described the anxiety, fears and dashed hopes her generation feels as embassies evacuate staff and the government all but crumbles. For her and millions of other Afghans, there was no way out as land borders closed and Western embassies shuttered. She said it feels like everybody turned their back on Afghan people. The death toll from the Haiti earthquake has risen to more than 700. Haiti's Office of Civil Protection updated the figures following a previous count of 304 dead. Now, at least 724 are dead and a minimum of 2,800 are injured. In the forecast, a heat warning and special air quality statement is in place as we look to hit 33 today. Partly cloudy this evening with widespread smoke dropping to 18 and then afternoon thunderstorms developing tomorrow and 25. It's 22 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 11. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line, and we're going to see if we can chat with Carolyn, and she's calling from Vernon. Good morning, Carolyn. Oh, good morning, Merle. How you doing? Yeah. How you making out out there? Oh, gosh, Merle. You know, last night at 8 o'clock, it was dark as if it was the middle of the night. That's how wow. bad the smoke is. Yeah, it was really, really bad. Because so you guys I'm are right little- in the middle of it there, right? Yeah, we really are. It's it's really, really ominous is the word I guess I'd use. But I'm pretty concerned about my plants. I, I put in a row of, um, or, you know, a clump of um, Cosmos, just for example, and this Cosmos should be 18 to 24 inches, right? That's the mm-hmm. that's the one I bought. It's, it's almost six feet tall, and there's no flowers on any of it. So yeah. that's, that's one of the problems. And then also the tomatoes, they're flowering, but they're not doing very well they're not making their tomatoes it's like they need the sun and we haven't had sun here for you know many many days there's the odd day when the smoke blows the other way and then we get some sun but basically not really much at all and then my annabelle all the white flowers are turning green i don't know if that's normal or not um no they should typically they'll start green and then go white and probably a lot of it is just uh, it's just the effects from the smoke because there there's so much the 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 air is so thick, right? Yeah, it's almost like putting a film on your plants. So yeah, well, that's what it seems to be like. And I'm just wondering, is there anything I can do to, especially I would to just any of the, on any of the some of that stuff? You can still, um, I would again feed your plants out there. You can still feed a little bit, but you would you don't want to feed much past the end of August out there as well. So you could still hit them like with a shot of fifteen thirty fifteen. I would hose the 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 leaves and that off as well. Um, just get the a gentle spray nozzle 
and just just hose the leaves off and stuff like that. That'll just help them so they can breathe clear. And and that's really all you can do when you when you're in the middle of it like that. You just sort of you just got to let it get through it. Some yeah, of now, it I have another question it's regarding the lawn. Now we're we're on a 400 foot well here, and so we're concerned about not having any water. So we're not watering. So my lawn is you know all the use of the green it up fertilizer has turned into brown it up. So it's just really <laughs> bad. Do you think my lawn's going to come back? Absolutely. Um, grass. Um, is very easy, and when it knows like Mother Nature's very well, it just it'll just shut down and they go dormant, and it and it'll be fine. So once once it's able to get revived with water and that, it'll just go like crazy again. So uh, I wouldn't worry about your grass. And Mother Nature, like you said, even a lot of the trees and things, sometimes they start dropping their leaves at this time of year a little bit early, and if it, if they haven't been getting any water, it's just it's Mother Nature's self-defense mechanism kicks in. So what it does, it shuts the foliage down and, and saves all its energy down into the roots of the tree. And same with your grass. It just shuts down the foliage part and then saves the energy just where it needs it to stay alive. Okay. All right. Okay, so the, the um, as far as the flowering of, of the, uh, you know, my cosmos and all those things, so go ahead and use the 15-30-15? Absolutely. A- yeah, absolutely. And, just, and that should help, or do you think I'm just not going to get flowers because of the lack of sun? Um, You, you could, like, I, I would, again, I would give some food and see if that helps, but yeah, without the sun... It is a real. It's it is tough on the plants as well. So they they do need that sun to help push those blooms. So hopefully they can get control of it, and uh, hopefully you can still revive because out in Vernon, a lot of times your September's are really gorgeous as well. So hopefully you can get the fires under control, and uh, and they'll be good for everybody, including the plants. Yeah, for sure. Okay, fingers crossed. Okay, thanks, Merle. Okay, thank you, and thanks for calling, Carolyn. Good to hear. Okay, sure. Okay, bye. Okay, stay safe. All right, and where am I at for time? I probably can take one more quick one. I'm going to go to Lavinia. Well, good, good morning, morning, Lavinia. Hi, Mo. It's lovely to speak to you again. Nice, and you're calling all the way from Vancouver Island, I hear. Yes, yes. I um, I sadly decamped from Calgary to the island, um, oh, nice. mainly because I couldn't stand the idea of old age and walking around in shopping malls. Uh, to get- <laughs> I, I, I hear you. Like, I kind of feel like I'm watching some of those, uh, that cocoon movie, right? Sometimes, but at least they, you got to get out and do something, right? So, oh, um, uh, and, and that- I have to say, I've, Calgary is still my home. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Yes. So, um, anyway, I have some questions. Um, being in a different climate, I've sort of encountered things I would never have done in Calgary. Um, and uh, one of those things is to do, well, this summer being the way it's been, um, I'm now sort of dealing with potential sunburn, and it's affecting hibiscus and poinsettia and mandeville vine. And I'm just wondering, is there something I can put on the plants? Because they just crispened up, and I had to bring them all back in. So. Yeah, the the UV, and I know you guys are getting hit with a with quite a heat wave out there as well. Oh, yeah. Um, the only thing is you 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 can um they just need to get climatized again too like in the sun so put them out in a little bit of filtered sunlight if you can find a little bit more of yeah. a shady spot for them yeah. And, yeah. and and then do you 
and these are ones that you typically did, and then you put them out for the summer. Then do you that's bring them in right. in the winter time? Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah, and it's just like all the, and especially this year, you you guys are getting hit really heavy with the heavy, heavy sun out oh, there yeah. in the in the hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, it is true. You're just getting sunburned. <laughs> yeah, they just need to get climatized. Like you sort of, because both those plants can take the full sun. Yeah. It's just if they get put right out to it. Yeah. They're just not used to it, so. Okay, fair enough. Uh, the other question I have, and it's something that might be a little longer in answering it, and I've never treated myself to a significantly huge and gorgeous hanging basket with a moss liner in the whole nine yards before. Yeah. So here I've acquired this great big hanging basket, and I would love to keep, uh, based on the price as well, uh, I just did get a bit, bit crazy. Um, it's got calabrosia or million bells in it and verbena. And yep. I think it may well have, a you know, a, a sort of a delay release um, uh, fertilizer put in with it because it seems to be doing rather well. But do I deadhead uh, million bells or calabrosia and, and verbena because of verbena? Verbena you do. Um, for the most part, your million bells and calabricola are self-deadheading, so you should be fine with that. Yeah. Um, and I would feed them still once a week at least. Um, okay. Uh, that was my um, other question. It, it makes yeah. all the difference. Like use a 15-30-15, good, good blooming, and especially out there because you can keep that thing going. Um, right till Christmas or whatever outside for the most part, unless you get some really cold weather. But for the most part, uh, I know that's a whole nother season out there. They sell the fat fall hanging baskets like that mm. um, to go right through until wintertime. So um, just uh, definitely feed once a week. You'll see uh, a big major difference in the health of your hanger, especially you invest that money. You want to yeah. make sure you look after it. And 15, oh, yeah. 30, 15 is great. Oh, wonderful. And just uh, one other quick thing, continuing on with that some idea. If I gave it a good cutback coming the end of the season and then kept it under lights in the warm, um, would I be able to keep it going for the next year and just make sure it's always fed? Absolutely. Yep. You, you, you can. But they do have a lifespan. Like some of that, like the calvicle and petunias, they kind of they peter out but you okay. can cut them back and extend the season but hmm. they do get to a point where they just kind of run out of energy yeah. and it would be better just to start off fresh some fresh ones okay yep. and if All you already right. got the basket just pull out the plants and then you can just add fresh soil and uh and uh -huh. then replant them up okay well and i will be doing that yeah for sure the moss can i keep that going i mean i have lots absolutely of stone, trust me matted up the damn stuff. yeah no and just keep the moss in there you'll be fine oh great oh you're a sweetheart well, thank you, you so much day and and uh you know hey uh hey we have an election right <laughs> oh boy fun fun all right yes all right. it is so have a, thank a you so much and my love to everybody in alberta thank mm -hmm. you so much Okay. Thanks, Lavinia. Bye bye. And on that note, I better take a quick break. If you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open 403 974 8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Jim. Good morning, Jim. Hey, Merle. Hey, how Hi, can I help Jim. you? 
my tomatoes are just not ripening. They're just they're as green as green can be. Got them in a raised okay. planter. I've uh, been trimming them back. Uh, I don't think the soil's all that too moist. I think the soil felt good, but they're just. I mean, I'm going to have fried green tomatoes with this. This thick stuff, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, especially in the heat. Um, yeah. Typically, and what kind of tomatoes are you trying to grow? Uh, I, I just I don't remember the name. They, they, there's a pretty good cluster. I've got a, you know, the, the, they're full. I mean, I've got a lot of them. But like I say, they're just they're just they're just they're they're green. They're big ones. Okay, uh, it, and typically. Um, they do take a little longer to vine ripen, um, so again, I'd just be, a, I guess, a bit patient, and and then hopefully once we get here, sort of get this past mid-August, the last week in August, they should start ripening them up. Um, there's not much you can really force it. Um, are you feeding sort of that once a week, 15, yeah, 30, feeding, 15, yeah, something like that? Yeah, trimming back the you know the the dead the dead vine or the vines that aren't producing, keeping them trimmed back and all that kind of stuff. Is yeah. the smoke is the smoke keeping with the, the, the lack of UV? Is that would, would that Absolutely. have anything at all? Yeah, it's definitely affecting a lot of our plants. Um, it, it slows it down. Without we've we've sort of got some hit and miss with some sunshine. So the last little while, it's been quite smoky. So it definitely blocks a lot of the beneficial rays out of the out of the wave and not great for the plants. So. I, again, I would just be. I always find Calgary tougher to get the big vine ripened tomatoes. Cherry tomatoes, not no problem. And just make sure you're using a calcium supplement with your um, fertilizer, just so you don't okay. get that blossom end right. So, so, so it should still be still use a little bit of calcium so far yet in this in the absolutely, the yeah, okay. absolutely, yep. All right, well, thanks, Mike. All right, well, good luck. Keep me posted. Hopefully, they come out way for you. Talk to you tomorrow. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. All right. And where are we at for time? I'm just going to take a break right now. and we get back, I will chat with, uh, I think, Doug and Eleanor. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs going to go to the phone line to finish up the show here. We're going to go to Doug. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm doing great. How Good. can I help you out? Good. Well, okay. Uh, I have a daughter in Bonavista with a fairly big yard and, you know, a number of trees planted years ago. She has some. There's some kind of maple. I don't know what they are, but they like sucker or send out seeds, and she wants to get rid of them. Okay. I've got a pruning saw, a pruning blade for my oscillating saw. Can I cut the, cut them off uh, a little above ground, drill a hole and put it around up, and will that kill the tree and the suckers? Um, no, typically Roundup, um, I, I would just get a root rot stuff, like, or or dig them out, like get a, they're probably, you probably have what is called a, it's a green elder, Um and they they kind of like or Manitoba maple. Um, so what I would do is just I would just try to dig them out. So how big is the trunk? Uh, oh, three, maybe four inches. So we want to get rid. Of, she wants to get rid of them. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna, I would just because you're gonna have to dig them out anyways. Um, can you so, not kill the? Can't you kill the roots? Yeah, you can use a. We have a thing called a root rot. So you drill the hole. Ground up. Just it doesn't. It's not a great like that, like to pour it in. I find it doesn't really work that well. Okay. So I would just cut them off. 
And then we have a product called the uh, tree stump. It rots the stump and just kills it. It's called root you just rot? Drill, yeah, stump rot, something like that. I can't remember the exact name. It comes in a little powder, and you mix it with water, and you, you put put that in the holes. Okay. And well, uh, she, she has a pet dog. Would this uh, Does she have to keep the dog away from this uh, material? I, yeah, I would definitely be careful with it. I would probably cover it up with something after you use it. Okay. And same with if you use Roundup or anything yes, like that, yes, I yes. would definitely be careful for sure. Um, but like I said, you, if you just dug it out, though, oh, too much, then you'd too be much done dig- with it. You, too okay. Much, Merle, too much digging with that, with that okay. the older tree. Okay. So we'll try that. Um, yeah, try that and, uh, and just cut it right down to the ground as low as you can and then just drill the holes down, pour that stump rod in there and uh, see how that makes out. Okay. Now, one more, one more brief question. Okay. Uh, I live. We live in Okadokes in Cimarron, you know, which is rocks yeah. and clay underneath. We we have about a twelve-year-old community. We have some, we have some nice established trees, which I have been pouring water to them this year. You know, deep watering in, yeah, and uh, slow drainage. Like my last water bill was forty bucks higher than the previous. Yeah. But how long should I keep doing that? I just checked with the meter this morning. They're still damp. Before yeah, we, I would. You can start slowing down on the water right now because we want to slow our trees down a bit. That's what I was thinking. S- yep. So you could definitely just cut it in half, sort of what you're doing now, and then just cut when they then they'll go dormant once you get in September, and then once you get into the end of September, beginning of October, I'd give them another good watering in at that point. Yeah, well, after they're maybe, dormant. I was thinking like late October to freeze them in. Yeah, absolutely. That's okay. perfect. Thank you very much for help. All right. Thanks, Doug. Take Appreciate care. It. Bye-bye. Yep. All right. And I think I've got time for one more. I'm going to go to Eleanor. Good morning, Eleanor. Good morning. I have a question for you about soil. Okay. Uh, I bought some uh, well-known, it was a well-known brand, and it was premium garden soil. When I opened up the bag, my God, I thought I was sitting inside the barn. The stench, <laughs> well, the stench was, ju- I could hardly stand it. So I used, I didn't use very much because it was just so bad, so bad. And then I was thinking if it, if I could get that tested because I'm wondering if it doesn't have a bacteria in it or that, uh, f- those Was fungus. it really wet or... Was it really uh, not wet and really. Heavy? No, just medium, you know, a little bit wet, but not sopping wet. Because okay. now I've had a few respiratory problems, and I'm wondering if I got it from that soil. Because uh, I know I would... soil can carry all kinds of things. Yeah, but I don't think, I think it's probably a bit more of the smoke and and probably, or you should definitely, if you're not feeling great on that, I'd definitely go to the doctor and get oh. checked out. Is there a um, place I can have it tested? Yep. There's, there's soil testing places in, in, in town. You can definitely get it tested. Oh, okay. um, is it more of a compost or is it a soilless mix or, it's a or mix, what brand I was it? I think it's a mix. It's got some okay, compost. do you know what brand? Um, it was a Scott. Okay. Um, depends which one it is. Like some of them, if they have the compost in it, you're going to have a lot more organic material oh, in it. And that's or if it's smell. a soilless mix, yeah. Oh, so, it's your, okay. It's that. If it's a garden mix, it from. probably yeah, it probably has more of the compost mix. If it's a soil, it's like a house plant mix. Okay. There won't have any of that in it. Uh-huh. It should be just like it's almost like a straight peat moss mixed with some perlite and a few different things. Um, okay. Typically, that doesn't uh, have that. 
But if you're not feeling well, Eleanor, definitely go get checked out, especially in this smoke and stuff like that. So, (laughs) all right. I will. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. And it's been uh, it's been a great show. And what I would sort of do, if I can recommend for people right now too, is is you do if you haven't been watering, definitely get out and do a little bit of water around your tree. You're supposed to get some. Um, rain coming up this week which is good and if you see any dead damage or diseased branches definitely this time of year is a great time to remove all that kind of stuff and uh, especially going into fall and you don't want your tree wasting all that energy trying to revitalize it and i know mark's going to call in next week from prune it up we're going to chat about uh, the fall fertilizer program and what it does for your trees and shrubs so I would definitely look at uh, getting that booked. It does make a big, big difference on your trees and shrubs, getting them nice and healthy. It gets them through these droughts and things like that as well. But until next week, we'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.